I got a letter from a listener a few days ago who had 50 people tell her that they reviewed her book on Amazon, and yet none of the reviews posted even after months. Why? Because she was connected to those people on Facebook. These are people who left their reviews during a Facebook party, and because they were all in a Facebook group together, all of the reviews got deleted. Can you imagine the frustration of recruiting 50 people to review your book only for every single review to get deleted? This is the challenge that a lot of authors face with using Facebook for free. The more active they are on Facebook, the more Facebook groups they're part of, the less likely their reviews from their readers will post to Amazon because Facebook sells social graph data to Amazon. So you may think that I'm 100% against using Facebook as a tool to promote books. And this is not true. There is still a method of Facebook marketing that still works to sell books and won't get your reviews removed. And that method is advertising. Yes, where you pay real money to Facebook to promote your book to potential readers. And when done well, Facebook advertising can make you money. If you're indie published, you can make enough money on book sales to pay for the ads and bring in a profit besides. So how do you do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a difference with writing worth talking about. And while advertising is primarily a tool for indie authors, I do know some traditionally published authors who use Facebook ads to grow their email lists that helps them attract a publisher. So this is going to be an indie-leaning episode, but not an indie-exclusive episode. And to help guide us through the forest of advertising, we have a special guest who is a six-figure author of more than 40 Christian suspense novels. She hosts the Successful Writer podcast, runs the Successful Writer Academy, and loves to help authors reach their dreams of achieving creative and commercial success. Alana Terry, welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thanks so much. So glad to be here with you. So why does Facebook advertising still work even after all of these years? I think the biggest thing that I love about Facebook as a marketing tool is it's such a large platform. So a lot of times, even if you get a decent amount of word of mouth and organic growth, The risk is you're eventually going to run out of potential readers, whereas when you start Facebook ads, you can create audiences in the millions and get continually fresh eyes on your book. So I see it as a great way to bring in new readers to even reinvigorate a backlist book. This doesn't have to just be for your newest launch and continually getting readers into your readership. The challenge with word of mouth is that we live in bubbles, right? Your friends are a lot like you. My friends are a lot like me. And most of our friends are in our own geographic area. And because of that, you can be really big in a certain pond of readers. And another pond just on the other side of the hill has no idea who you are. And so I like to think of advertising as a way of throwing stones into those other ponds, which can, if your book is good, and that's a big if, but it's important. (laughs) If your book is good, that first handful of readers in that new pond start reading your book. They start talking about your book. And then suddenly you're introduced to a whole new group of readers. 
And then the pond can organically grow. Like some of my favorite Facebook ads are the kind where I've got maybe 300 comments and 500 shares. And a lot of those are people telling other people, this book looks great. Like one of my ads, it had a group where a woman tagged maybe 10 friends and they started planning a book club <laughs> right there in the comment section. And so that also helps is you can get posts where if a somebody comments on your book or shares it, then your post is being organically seen by others as well. What's beautiful about this, as opposed to the other way of doing Facebook, is that it's very direct, right? Your post is, hey, here's a book that is for sale. Please buy the book. And the people who are discussing it are discussing whether or not to buy the book or not. It's none of this song of dance of trying to become someone's friend and build engagement and get them to like you. And then maybe in six months, they'll buy your $5 book. It's like, no, here's my book. Do you want it? Yes or no? You get to surpass all of that. And yeah, one of the things that authors will do, kind of like what you mentioned in the intro to this episode, is trying to grow a reach in reader groups. So I'm going to join this group. I'm Let's say I'm a sci-fi author. I'm going to join 10 sci-fi reader groups. Well, in order to get name recognition in those groups, like you said, it takes months and months. It also comes with risks if Amazon's going to be removing your reviews because you're connected to these people. And some of those groups really are 90% authors spamming <laughs> the group. And so that's not finding you <laughs> ideal readers either. So Facebook ads are an amazing way to bypass all of the annoying things about Facebook and all of the things that make you impatient about growing a 100% organic following, and you get to get right to the good stuff, but still have that word of mouth benefit to you. And it guards your time because it's not two hours of engaging with people on Facebook every day. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook ads do take time, but they don't take nearly as much time as the waste your life on Facebook method <laughs> that used to be popular in the mid 2000s. Exactly. And you'll get sales right away. Whereas if you join a list, it might take you six months before people know your name and decide to look for you. And this is immediate. So walk us through the different kinds of Facebook ads. Because when someone goes into the ad builder, often they're very overwhelmed with a number of options. It is overwhelming. And I feel like one of my superpowers is helping to simplify it. And so basically, as an author, you're going to go to your ads manager dashboard, and it's going to give you maybe about a dozen choices. You get to pick almost exclusively the traffic ad choice. I'll tell you a few of the others that you might want to dabble in. Traffic is the type of ad that I primarily run, and that's just to get people to click on my ad and get taken to my Amazon sales page. So it's called a traffic campaign because you're driving traffic to your sales page. The few other ads that authors might want to explore, lead generation ads are a, a really cool way to get people to sign up for your newsletter list. And they can sign up right there. You don't have to build a website. And then they go to that website. And then there's a checkout page. So Facebook lead generation ads are my favorite way to grow my email list. And the only other type of ad that I sometimes will use is the brand awareness and engagement kinds of ads. Engagement ads are where your only goal is to get a lot of people commenting, liking, and sharing. And Facebook obviously has all the data. So they know out of your potential readership, who are the people who like everything they see or who comment on everything they see. I like engagement ads sometimes because before I run an ad to a cold traffic that's never heard of me, 
I can run that ad to people who already know me. Maybe they're on my email newsletter list or have been to my website. And I can run an engagement ad. So that way, when I start running my ad to strangers who have never heard of me, that ad might already have a 100 comments like, wow, this was a great book. I remember reading this and I couldn't put it down. Or this author is fantastic. You get some of those kinds of comments. And so that can make your ad more appealing to someone who's never heard of you. So that's the engagement ad. I think brand awareness was the other one that an author might sometimes want to use. And that's really just to get your name out there. But in general, I would say 95% of the ads I run for book sales are the straight up traffic ads. And these are traffic to your Amazon page or are you sending them to a page on your website? Yeah, I send them to the Amazon page. I did a little bit of experimenting and basically the conclusion I came to is, first of all, Amazon's a trusted source. And so when you see my ads, you'll see a little thing that says amazon.com. So you know that when you click it, that's where you're getting taken to. People know Amazon and they trust Amazon. Whereas if it just said alanaterry.com, they might be like, I don't know what this is going to be. And also Amazon has done so much testing to make their sales pages convert well that I choose to just rely on what they tell me is going to work the best. So the fewer clicks that the author needs to take to get to my book is what I use to make the sale. Now, my books are also wide. And so what I do is at the bottom of the text of my ad is I'll also include links to the other stores. And I do see a big jump in sales when I run my Facebook ads this way. But the primary goal is to get traffic to my Amazon sales page. And are you sending people to your paperback page or your ebook page? If authors have a hard time deciding which to use, I basically tell them, figure out which one sells the most units. And for most people, that's going to be ebooks. And then just know I do get a good number of paperback sales from running the ebook sales because customers are used to buying from Amazon. They know how to click to the Kindle version or the paperback version or even audiobook. I see probably a good 25% of my audiobook sales I can attribute to the Facebook ads that I run. So I include links to all the formats, but I send people to the Amazon Kindle page. So you're going with max impulse, right? They click one button and then they can click a second button, assuming that if they're already a Kindle user, their credit card's already on file with Amazon. So they could literally be within seeing your ad three clicks away from reading your book, right? They click the ad, they click read now or buy now, and then boom, they're off to the races with reading your book. Yeah. And it's something they're really familiar with. And they trust the process, which is good. It also looks like organic traffic to Amazon. So this is surprising because you might think, oh, but it looks more organic if it's somebody sharing a link in a group. And it's actually, no, that's not how it is because there's so much fraud in Facebook groups of people buying Amazon reviews that if somebody comes in from an ad, a Facebook ad, Amazon's like, okay, we know what kind of traffic this is. This isn't paid for traffic in an artificial way. This is paid for traffic in a legitimate way. <laughs> and Amazon doesn't want to discourage authors from buying ads for Amazon <laughs> on Facebook. This is a big win for Amazon for you to spend money to advertise their platform as opposed to anybody else's platform. Exactly. So what kinds of books are well-suited for Facebook ads? Well, the cool thing about Facebook is you can target just about anything and you can get really niche. So especially if you're writing books in a sub, sub, sub genre and you feel as though you've exhausted your entire potential readership, you could probably build 
a Facebook audience for that. So I like to go in, when I build my audience, I really like the feature that allows you to narrow your audience down. And so I'll do something like, find me readers who like this genre, and they must also like these authors, and they must also like these kinds of movies. So let's say that you're writing Western cozy mysteries about a gardener who has a horse. You can find people who love horses, who love gardening, who love Westerns or Western music or Western um, paraphernalia, and who read mysteries. And so it's a great way to find people in some of these sub-niches. Some of the genres can be more expensive. So certain nonfiction books, your audience is more expensive. So if you're selling a business book, you just need to be aware that your cost per click is going to be higher than maybe somebody selling an Amish romance or something. I know of a lot of romance writers who are doing very well with their Facebook ads, a lot of paranormal writers doing very well. I've been running them for my Christian suspense for a while, as well as some sweet romance. I wouldn't say there's a genre that does poorly with Facebook ads if you find the right kind of targeting. It's just it's for some genres, finding the targeting might be harder or it might be more expensive. So I did have a question about building audience because there's been a change recently on Facebook where Christian authors are now no longer able to target Christian books, fans of of Christian books, because there's this new restriction against targeting somebody based off of their religion on Facebook. And so what has been your experience with that? Is this still a tool that works for Christian authors or do they have to basically just target secular genres? Your thoughts? Yeah, there's some workarounds. A couple times a year, Facebook does something that changes their algorithm or who you can target. And the tendency for a lot of authors, especially if a huge chunk or at least a a big chunk of your book sale revenue is coming from Facebook ads, it can feel alarming. So my very first go-to is always don't panic. There's always going to be a way to figure it out. There's always going to be workarounds. The first thing that I tell people who are concerned about it is if you ran ads before this shift happened, which was probably like early February of 22, then you have a lot of data that you don't need to really worry about it. So some of the things you can do, if you've already run ads successfully, you can build audiences of people who have clicked on your ads in the past. You can target those people. You can also target lookalikes of those people where Facebook will find you millions of people who are the most similar to that group. If you're starting ads now, it is going to be a little harder. And my recommendation is to get a tiny bit more creative with your targeting. So for example, what I would often do to build an audience for my Christian suspense is I would say, target these well-known kind of mystery thriller writers in the secular sphere. So I would target them. And then I would say, and also these people must be interested in, and then I would throw in other interests that I knew a Christian reader might like. So they're interested in Christian music or Bible studies or things. Those are the kind of targets that we don't have access to anymore. So you have two choices. Work with what Facebook does give you as options and then let your ad be what does the rest of the refining. Remember that Facebook has a lot of AI running in the background and they have tons of data 
about people. So on the first two days of my ad, they might show my ad to a lot of people and only 20% of them would be interested in my genre. By day three or four, Facebook's going to have seen, okay, people in this age range who have this kind of lifestyle are clicking on these ads. So we're gonna show that ad to more of these people. So in some ways it is okay to target good enough and then let your ad do the rest of the work in Facebook's AI. So what that would look like is be very upfront that what genre and what subgenre you're talking about. Know that for the first couple days, you might get some weird comments, right? If I target Stephen King for my Christian psychological suspense book, and in my ad copy, I'm talking about faith and all of this, the first couple days, I might get some weird comments being like, why is this ad <laughs> getting showed to me? But as Facebook gets more data about who is clicking on that ad, it's gonna work out. Takeaway number two is you can get a little creative with some of your targeting. So in my case, I might target people who like thriller authors and people who like Hallmark movies <laughs> or something to try to find that that nice mix of my specific readership. So don't feel like you're only obligated to find targets based on reading. You can find targets based on what movies people like or what music they follow, or in certain cases, maybe even like where they shop. You can get creative with how you mix and match your audience. And then you can also just make sure your ad speaks exactly to who you're trying to target and let Facebook's AI do a little bit more of the work. So this goes back to the novel marketing method. One of the things we talk about is having a Timothy, having a real life human being who is your target reader. And this is why it's so valuable to know who that human being is, because you can ask questions about that human. You can interview that human and ask them where they shop, because this is suddenly you're having to describe them in a bunch of different ways, because then the algorithm is going to go out and find more people who are like Timothy. And if you're starting with a fictional person rather than starting with a real person as your persona, you're building off of a stereotype rather than building off of a real person with idiosyncrasies. And so it does require some flexibility and it puts a lot of pressure on the cover. So the cover is always important on advertising. So this is, we haven't talked about Facebook ads a lot on this podcast, but we have talked a lot about advertising, especially Amazon ads. And the cover is critical because it's got to communicate that genre real fast and it's got to incite someone's interest. And so on Facebook, I would say the cover is even more important. And in my experience, the number one reason why ads don't work is because people have a bad cover. It's not the right fit for the genre and it doesn't meet the reader expectations. It's too pretty and not effective enough because what matters with the cover is not how pretty it is or how much you like it as the author. What matters is when people see that cover, do they click on it and are they the right kind of people to buy your book? And do they recognize it as a book in that specific genre? We're talking about people who are scrolling and you need to grab their attention really fast and your text often isn't gonna have time to do that. And then I would say the other thing that really helps is the bigger your email list is, uh, you can upload your email list and create a lookalike audience based off of your email list and you can get a, a good audience that way. But it helps if you have an email list of thousands rather than an email list of hundreds. Mm -hmm. Lookalike audiences can be a really good way. They tend to be some of my cheaper clicks. And they also, I found, 
are a nice way to branch out into some of the non-US targets. So I can upload my email list and say, make me a lookalike of people in Australia who are the most similar to the people on this email list. And all of a sudden I have a very reasonably priced audience in Australia that I can start targeting my books to. And when you do that ad to Australia, you're sending them to the Australian Amazon. A mistake some authors will make. People in other countries hate Amazon.com because there's no <laughs> good way to get from Amazon.com to Amazon.co.uk. They have mm-hmm. to basically type in the new website. They have to do the search, and it's this huge hassle. Yep. Uh, speaking of mistakes, what are some other mistakes that you see authors make with Facebook advertising? Sometimes I see authors blame Facebook and their ad platform when their ads aren't profitable, when actually their ads are doing fine. So to determine how good an ad is doing, I like to look at the click-through rate because that shows me how the audience is responding. So if you can get like a 5 to 10% click-through rate, that tells me like the, the people like your ad. Your ad is getting attention. If you're still not making book sales, that's probably because once they get to your Amazon page, there's something about it that they don't like. And so one mistake is thinking that the problem's with your Facebook ad when really the problem is with your sales page because Facebook ads can only get people to click and go to your Amazon site. And if there's something on your sales page, bad cover, poorly formatted blurb, blurb without a call to action, you're losing sales, but it's not the fault of the Facebook ad. So that's probably the biggest mistake I see when I hear people say, I tried Facebook ads and they didn't work for me. Often the Facebook ads did exactly what they were supposed to do. Now, when Facebook ads don't work, that would mean you're not getting many clicks at all. And and this is very different from genre to genre too. There are going to be some genres where, you know, maybe a click-through rate of 1% is totally fine. But When you're targeting a really expensive audience, your cost per click is going to go up. And so another mistake is authors who only look at cost per click, and that's what they use to gauge if their ad is good or not. So they think, okay, I got a really low cost per click, which in today's standards would be maybe like 15 cents. That's a very cheap cost per click. Uh, My ad must be doing great. But if you're targeting the wrong people or those people aren't going on to buy your book, it's actually very poor ad. Whereas maybe you have an ad that's getting you a 40 cent cost per click, which is a little higher than average for a lot of fiction authors. And as long as enough people are clicking on the ad and going on to buy your book that you're making a profit, it's fine. So I'd say the next most common mistake is only looking at your cost per click to tell you if your ad is doing a good job. And are you sending those clicks through an Amazon affiliate link to track the clicks? How are you tracking the sales rate on the Amazon side? Yeah, there's a couple schools of thought. So if you have access to an Amazon affiliate, that means that you can put in a specific link. And if people click on that link and go on to buy your ad, you'll know where they came from. And so I can say, okay, for this ad, I'm going to send people with this link. And then I can log on to my Amazon affiliates and see how many people clicked on that link and bought the book. So it is very good for tracking data. It's not totally like 100% above board. Facebook doesn't really care what you do because they get paid no matter what. Amazon does not want you to run paid ads using your affiliate link. And so some people choose not to, even if they can, 
just to remain 100% above board. Some people choose to do it because you get such good data. And what they say is, well, the worst thing that's going to happen is I'll lose access to my Amazon affiliate account and that won't be the end of the world. The other way to do it, though, if you're not using an affiliate link, and this one's simpler anyway, and that's just to compare your sales to how much you spend. So this is really easy if you're not advertising anywhere else and you're generally not making a significant number of book sales, less than a sale a day on average of your book without any ads. Then what you can do is just make sure that whatever you're spending on Facebook ads, you're making more of that back. So basically, I just know my baseline. I know that on a given month, if I spend $2,000 on Facebook ads, I know that I can attribute, let's call it $4,000 of my royalties that month to the Facebook ads. If that month I've added a BookBub click ad, then I can say, and whatever is above that, I can probably attribute to my BookBub click ad. It's not going to be a perfect science and perfect math, but even using the Amazon affiliate, it's not perfect. There seems to be some lag, some discrepancy. It's it really, there's no way to know with 100% certainty if somebody bought your book because they saw your ad or they bought your book because someone recommended your book to them or they bought your book because they read something else of yours and went on to buy it. So I try not to go so deep into the data that I'm pulling hair out because I'm so frustrated trying to figure out if I got 10 sales today and I know that two of them came from Amazon ads and I know that maybe one of them might have come from this other promo I did two weeks ago. I, I don't stress out too much about it. I just look at bottom line, am I bringing in more than I'm spending on ads it's the blacksmith box method. You put all the sales of horseshoes or whatever into the box and you pay all of your expenses out of the box. And at the end of the day, if there's still money left in the box, then it was a profitable day. <laughs> Real simple bookkeeping that blacksmiths have used you know, for thousands of years. And it works well. And my recommendation, I think something you said I really want to highlight, just do one advertising method at a time until you've really mastered it. Because it is so much easier if while you're doing Facebook ads, you're not buying ads anywhere else. Yeah. And you can see, okay, I was getting about a sale a day before I was doing Facebook ads. Now I'm spending $1,000 a month on Facebook ads and now I'm getting 25 sales a day. So probably 24 of those sales are from Facebook. I don't know that for sure. Some of these people may have gotten word of mouth from somebody else who read the book, but it was probably pretty close. And then you can do the math. Okay. So it's 24 sales a day times 30 days. Is that enough money? Is there money left over? And you can have a sense of if it's working or not. And then if it's not working, you have enough data to start sniffing around where the problem might be. Is it that not enough people are clicking on the ads because the ad is maybe broken or people are clicking on the ads, they're coming to Amazon and they're not buying. So maybe the page needs some work and it helps you understand where the problem is. So walk us through the process of setting up a campaign. Somebody's like, I'm curious. I want to buy my first Facebook campaign. I want to do more than click boost post because I know that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> so for somebody who's ready to take the step beyond boost posts, and you'll notice we've been talking about Facebook ads for a long time. We have not yet once mentioned boost posts. That is the give money to Facebook for free button. <laughs> so right. that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so for somebody who's wanting to run their first real ad, what's the process? So you want to always make sure you're starting in the ads dashboard. If you're in something that says ad center or anything that does not say ads dashboard, you're not going to get as many options and it's going to be like those boosted posts where you're just doing something and Facebook takes your money. <laughs> so you start in the ads manager dashboard and in general, we'll 
create a campaign and authors in general are going to start with a traffic campaign, the one where we talked about where you're sending traffic to your Amazon page. And then what you'll do is create your audience. This is where you get to tell Facebook, find me women who are older than 29, who like romance novels and also watch these rom-com movies and who read on Kindle as an example. And that all happens in what's called the ad set. And then you go, once you've created your audience, you get to create your ad and you're going to give them an image to use, a headline, which is like the big part in bold, and then some text. And so I like to think about where a scroller's eyes are gonna go when you're on Facebook. So the image is gonna be what's gonna get them to stop scrolling long enough to read your headline. If they like your headline, then they might go back up and read your text. And if you get them to click the see more button to read even more of your text, then you've created a little bit of momentum, right? So you got them to stop, that's hard because we're talking about scrolling and skim readers here. And so one thing with your text, you wanna make it really easy to skim, break it up into small paragraphs and things like that. And then if you get them to click the see more button because they're interested enough in that, you've created just a starting point, like almost like a snowball. You've started gathering a little bit more snow on the snowball. So then the next step is hopefully they will click on your ad and get taken to your Amazon sales page. And then after that, the next hope is that they will see your sales page and go ahead and click buy now. Now, if you're familiar with Amazon ads, hopefully you've been measuring your conversions, like how many clicks does it take me to get an ad? What I found is that Facebook's conversion is not going to be as strong in general because as an Amazon ad, because in Amazon ads, people are already looking for a book to read. When someone's on Facebook, nobody goes on to Facebook and scrolls through their newsfeed in order to find their next book. And so the conversion rate might be a little weaker. It might be maybe like 25 or 35 clicks to make a sale. Whereas with Amazon ads, it might be 10 or 15 clicks to make a sale. So that's the route that that the reader will go through. You always wanna be very cognizant. Is this easy to skim? Is this easy to tell at a real quick glance what kind of book I'm promoting? And then you run your ad. There's a lot of bells and whistles in the dashboard and Facebook does a pretty good job of making their defaults the simplest. So if you have a question about Should I select campaign budget optimization? Should I select dynamic creative? Should I push this button or that? In general, as you're starting out, sticking with what's in default is going to be just fine. And even now that I've been running ads for years, most of the time I don't change those defaults. So that's another way that authors can get very intimidated by the ads manager dashboard is they probably give us two or three choices for every one choice that we actually need. So there's a big chunk, maybe even more than half of what's in the Facebook ads dashboard that can be ignored. And that's a really big thing too, is for authors to know what they can ignore so that they're not freaking out on every step. Yeah, when in doubt, go with the default. It's a good rule of thumb. And and realize that ad dashboard 
is the same dashboard that somebody who's spending a million dollars a day is using. And little things that might make a 0.01% difference matter when you're spending a million dollars. They don't matter when you're spending a hundred dollars. <laughs> like that minor tweak, you'll never see it in the numbers. And so you don't have to go that deep. And speaking of a hundred dollars, somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on Facebook ads. Should I run my ad for two weeks? Should I run it for two months? Should I spend it all in one day? Like how does somebody get a taste for Facebook ads in terms of how much to spend at, at initially? Yeah, my recommendation is almost always to start with five or $10 a day budgets. And I would say minimum three days just to give them a tiny bit of time. If you want to be safe, let's say give it three days and at least $30 worth of ad spend just to allow Facebook to gather enough data to know who's a good person to send it to. And then at that point, what you get to do is you get to then go into your sales dashboard on KDP and say, okay, I spent $30 this week. Have I made more than $30 above my average? If I have, then you can just keep that ad going at a smaller budget, or you could start increasing that budget. I grew my ads very gradually. I wasn't using credit cards. So basically I ran ads until I ran out of budget. And then I kept them paused until I got my next royalty payment. And so like my ads were start and stop for several months before I got to a steady, even keel and overcame some of those cash flow issues. It is okay to stick with that $5 a day for a couple months even. And you don't need to commit to more than that until A, you've got the money to spend and B, you've gotten the proof that if you do spend more money, you're going to make it back. And I would say the first money you should spend is actually on training on how to do the ads because uh, it's really expensive to learn with your own money uh, when you can get a course that will walk you through it, which leads us right into your course. You have a course f of about Facebook ads for authors. Walk us through what uh, you teach in that course. Yeah, so it's Facebook ads for book sales. It's designed specifically for authors, both fiction and nonfiction. And it tells you how to do it in a real simple step-by-step -step way. And so this really cuts to the bare basics of what you need to do to set it up in the most time-efficient way. Talks a lot about creating the different audiences, how you can mix and match. There's other types of audiences like the lookalikes and the warm audiences. And then the next thing it walks you through is like the right kinds of images, the right kinds of headlines, the right kinds of text and how to set all that up. And then it goes deep enough into the analysis that you know what numbers to look for. It's got video screen shares. Here's this part of the dashboard. Here's what you can click. Here's what you can ignore, which is just as important and brings a lot of relief. And then there's some troubleshooting too, right? I'm losing money. Is that because I'm targeting the wrong people? Is that because there's something wrong with my sales page? Is that because there's something wrong with the ad itself that I made? And how do I know? So it, it goes into all of the ins and outs in a way that makes it very accessible. Most of the videos are 10 minutes or shorter, so you can do it in chunks. It's not like you need to have a four hour window <laughs> to do everything. You can learn in pockets of time that fit your schedule. And you keep the videos up to date when Amazon or Facebook makes a change to the dashboard. People have asked me for years to make a Facebook advertising course. And I'm like, I don't want to make a course where at the spur of the moment suddenly I need to update all of these tutorial videos. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to send people your way because I'm busy enough with the other courses uh, that I'm doing. 
It's lifetime access. And so sometimes it's just a simple update, right? It's okay, here's one video to replace. Maybe two years ago, I was telling people to set their bids at, you know, this amount. And now I'm saying set your bids at that amount. Sometimes it's just a a new video, but I think I've had two or three times in the last couple years where I've redone the entire thing. And anybody who's purchased a past version gets the update. So you get updates, whether that's in the form of, you know, additional material. You also get updates if that's the form of an entirely brand new course, just to make sure that it stays as up to date as it can. And I'll have an affiliate link uh, for that course if you want to uh, support this podcast uh, while also getting this course. I really do recommend investing in training before spending your own money because you can very quickly spend hundreds of dollars a month thousands of dollars a month. And there are mistakes you can make where you do that by accident, (laughs) where you forget to set a limit. And it just because Facebook will take as much money out of your credit card as you will let them. So it is important to get uh, training before you venture in. So let's say we have somebody who is they're thinking about trying Facebook ads, they're getting okay sales, but they really want to get better sales for their book. It's an older book. And they think, oh, maybe with some Facebook advertising, I can breathe life into this older book. What encouragement uh, would you give that person? I would say, first of all, I want to debunk this myth that when you write a book, you get to do the fun, like artistic, creative work. And then when you go to the market, the book, you have to become the Excel spreadsheet numbers geek (laughs) whose only concern is like profit and bottom line. I feel like Facebook ads is an extraordinary medium that allows us to be just as creative as we are when we're writing. In the text that you make, in the audience you set up, there's so much room for creativity in there. And so if people are feeling hesitant because you think you're going to have to turn into Wall Street accountant sort of stereotype, there are so many other ways (laughs) to bring your creative side into your ads. Another really common injection is, I just don't have the time. I wanna write more books. I don't have the time to learn a new platform. And it does take some time, but what happens then is you put in this time investment now and it can buy you tremendous creative freedom later on. So I was running ads, those ads brought in more money, I was able to hire more help as an example. Or I was running ads, those ads brought in more money and that helped me become more creative because there were certain books that I wanted to write and I wasn't sure if my readership would go there with me. Like I have a couple of my more recent books that are more like psychological thriller than they are straight up suspense. It was a genre I was super enamored with and really creatively wanted to try, but I wasn't sure if they were going to sell. But I knew that because I was running Facebook ads, I had extra money as a buffer. I knew I had backlist series that were gonna keep on selling for me. So basically what I did is I bought myself permission to take some creative risk. And you absolutely can't put a price tag on on that kind of freedom that comes from that, right? When you get to where you don't need to worry about how much money comes in from one specific launch, because you know you've got amazing ads that are selling all of your other books, it can be very liberating. And so that's my response to people who are worried about the time investment is by learning ads now, you're actually buying yourself more time down the road. 
And we will have links uh, to all of Alana Terry's stuff, including her website. If you want to check out her novels, you can do that. And if you like her on Facebook, I imagine you'll start seeing some of her Facebook ads pretty shortly after that. I'd like to thank our new patrons that joined in February. John Moltzner, Susan Jennings, Phyllis Summerman, Nadia Dean, Terry Peter, and Jacob Wells. Thank you so much for supporting the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you for keeping the show on the air. And if you can't afford to become a patron, but you still want to support the show, you can just use the affiliate link in the show notes for this episode when you sign up for Alana's course on Facebook ads. And I also want to apologize for no episode last week. My whole family got COVID. I tested positive. My wife tested positive. Two of our three children were sick. Possibly all three of them got sick. And it's been rough. (laughs) So having a newborn is hard. Having a newborn with COVID is hard. And having a newborn with COVID while you also have COVID is really hard. (laughs) So I'm way behind on email. If I owe you an email, I apologize. I am trying to dig my way out. And I just ask that you all bear with me because we're still recovering. We're not all the way uh, there yet, but we are doing much better, which is uh, very encouraging. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. This episode's audio was edited by William Umstadt. The blog post is by Shauna Lettler. The producer was Lori Christine. And I am Thomas Umstadt Jr., your host. To find the blog version of this episode, visit authormedia.com slash 317. Thank you for listening and live long and prosper.